Cultural Center located at 3105 Shattuck Avenue in Berkeley, California. For tickets and more information, please visit us at our website at www.lapena.org or call 510-849-2568. This is KPFA or KPFB Berkeley KFCF in Fresno, kpfa.org, kfcf.org. It is 3 o'clock and time now for Cover to Cover with Jennifer Stone and Stone's Throw. Please do stay tuned. Happy ending, nice and tidy. It's a rule I learned in school. Get your money every Friday. Happy endings are the Divide up those in darkness from the ones who walk in light. Light them up, boys, there's your picture. Drop the shadows out of This is Jennifer Stone with Stone's Throw. And today is the 24th of July. And I have a very special treat for you today. I have a poet um, here. She's a, uh, what is it? She's a collage artist, that is to say. <laughs> she She is a poet and an artist and writer and a lot of other things that I'll tell you about later. Uh her name is Claudia Chapline. She lives out in uh, Stinson Beach. I remember visiting her there once, a very special occasion. If you've been out to Stinson Beach, you know that her gallery is there on the main street. One of my favorite spots. Later on, I'll give you the address. It's on Shoreline Highway out in Stinson and... Uh, Claudia has come in today to tell me the story of her life in art <laughs> and to to um, tell us about her new poems and some of the old ones. And I think before I start giving you background, I'd like to ask her just to read the one that struck me first, the one called Trashed. That's in the selected works, right, Claudia? Yes. Uh, hello, Jennifer. I'm really happy to be here today. And uh, this uh, poem, Trashed, is uh, one of two poems that I included in an art catalog I did when I was showing in Europe. I spent about 10 years showing in Europe, and catalogs are very important in the galleries there. So I, I did this catalog, and um, I, I have for the last... Um, well, I won't say how many years, decades, uh, been working with discarded materials and discarded objects and recycling these things into art and uh, appalled by uh, the waste uh, that goes on. And I've been particularly uh, concerned with styrofoam and plastic, and people are beginning to get the message now. Uh, this work trashed. 
I did uh, when I was very depressed about what had happened in the 20th century, uh, just before the millennium. I hope that um, things will be turning now in the 21st century. Trashed. A story cloth after the feast. The century of the trashed planet. The planet of the trash century. Our fathers were sport hunters. They exterminated the passenger pigeons and the American buffalo. They remembered flocks that darkened the sky, herds that obscured the prairies. We remember the summer buzz of insects, bird song, frog song, swimming in creeks and rivers, the sweet taste of wild strawberries. Our children will remember the coral reefs, sea turtles, fish, and other ocean life, lagoons and everglades, rainforest. Mother Earth has been raped by strip mining and oil drilling. We drink poisoned water, breathe smoke, live in houses built on the graveyards of owls and otters, beavers, bighorn sheep and bears, mountain lions and lizards, wolves and weasels. Their ghosts haunt our heart-burned dreams, whispering, Wake up, daughters, your trash. Wake up, sons, your death. Wake up. Wake up before you are trash, trashed over and trashed out. All the things that we think we don't need, that we throw away. Uh, I remember a poem of my own that started, uh, I am what I throw away. <laughs> and then we look at the debris and we see all these fragments speaking to us. Someone said, some poet recently, uh, an artist, no, said that, the art of the 20th century was, and now in the 21st century still is, the art of collage, because we have so much. Uh, words aren't enough. Visual images aren't enough. We need um, things juxtaposed to other things, and then they, they scream at us. Uh, I've tried collage all my life, and I'm not quite, I'm still not quite sure... Uh, whether it's derivative or whether uh, I think late, lately all I, I do is collect it because I don't want to lose any of it. But there's no synthesis. Uh, anyway, it's all about relationships, Jennifer. And it is a, a record. It, it does tell us who we were at a certain time. The, my pieces are very nostalgic because they're made of things that in the future will not be made. And I'm working a lot with wood right now. Wood is so much endangered. I, I work with plastic, which I hope will soon be endangered. And one of my pieces right now on exhibition at the Richmond Arts Center is called Patients' Belongings. And it is a clothes rack with clothes made from plastic bags. And uh, at the base of this clothes rack, um, there are four large bright yellow patients' belongings bags from hospitals. And these uh, always say, you know, room, and uh, mm -hmm. name, room. I have ocean, no more room, mm -hmm. earth, filled up. <laughs> oh, I'm so afraid of those hospital bags. I shred them and throw them away at once. My well, they'll take 500 years to dissolve in the landfill. I know my... Uh, <laughs> Still, the other day, I was 
collecting some things, and I, I noticed my children, uh, they have great suspicion of nostalgia. They, they really, um, uh, my older son, he keeps saying, when in doubt, throw it out. Slash it, burn it, you know, toss it. Uh, I'm not quite sure what we do when we keep things. I've become a, um, uh, clutter bug, they call it. Uh, I called clutter busters the other day and I said, how do I get rid of all these things? And they said, you must get rid of your past. <laughs> well, I try not to collect the things. However, they keep, uh, uh, tripping me on the road and, uh, people give me things and, and I try to reuse this detritus of, of my life into art and it pleases me when uh, someone cares enough about the images that I create that they will take it home and care for it and 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 then it, I've done my little bit to keep a few things out of the landfill but that's certainly not the answer the answer is to stop our overconsumption of course I keep everything every odd earring and you know Pablo Neruda I'm told I have not seen his house I saw one picture kept a, a house full of shells and dolls and artifacts just endless uh, debris things that reminded him uh, that put him in mind of the poetry can you can you trace, Claudia, can you go back to your beginnings and figure out uh, how you came to be an artist? It's, it's the old question, <laughs> you know. And I, I mean, I, we all have these stories. Uh, we've all got a story, but anybody who is a woman and who, like you, like me, you've had two sons and you've had two marriages and you've had a full life as um professional in the arts, working for the California Council of Arts and all these serious things, yes, uh, and as you said, yes, projects where you had to produce, but track back in your mind, uh, it all starts in childhood somewhere. It does. I think what we do in childhood as play is what we often do as adults. Frank Lloyd Wright played with blocks when he, he was a child. Uh, when I was a child in rainy days, uh, what to do, Mommy? She gave us uh, three by five inch rainbow pads and a pencil and said, draw. And my sister and I drew and we kept on drawing. We kept on drawing all our lives and both of us became artists and we were not otherwise um, encouraged to be artists. I wasn't given lessons until I was on my own. But at your, your mother, your mother said yes to it and said it before you. She gave yes, you she paint. did, and she gave me for birthdays. I got for one birthday watercolors. I got pastels for another birthday. After I had gone to the park on Sunday and got a Sunday painter to teach me oil painting and came home proudly with my first oil painting, my parents said, and where did you learn how to do this? <laughs> and I told them this nice man in the park had taught me this, and they didn't think that was a good idea for me to be going to the park on Sundays. So they gave me oil paints you know, and Claudia. an easel. 
There are people who don't do that. I remember being a mom in suburbia, and I take this butcher paper and uh, spread it around the walls in the garage in the backyard, you know, and uh, give the kids a huge brushes when they were. Of course. Child, you know, and the neighbor lady, she was very upset because it's so messy, you know, and I figured out that not all Americans do this sort of thing with their children. Well, my son gave my granddaughter a whole wall uh, <laughs> in the go. hallway. Yeah. She had a wall for yeah. her art <laughs> I, yeah, I and remember. sidewalk chalk for the patio. I, know, I remember the smell of it. I had a school, a preschool that I still remember in Tucson. It was out of doors because it was so hot. And these easels were set up and the paint pots were there. And that's the first thing we did was just go right to these paint pots. And I mean, I must have been five years old. Five. I remember my first day in kindergarten, the smell of the big crayons. The smell. I only had little crayons at home. And smell was very important to me because I had very low vision as a child. Mm. And so it was a great day that I could sit at this big green table and draw with these huge crayons. I know. I had. I was so nearsighted as a child. I thought that the stars were three times as big as they are because I could blur them, you know, yes. with my my myopic eyes. No, there was something you have written here in one of the books that you learned from Louise Nevelson, and it was something she said about childhood, and now I've forgotten it. Uh, but do you think was it was it your mother or your father? Tell me about both parents. Which one gave you the most encouragement? Oh, well, I think my father gave me um, the most encouragement in one way that he was an engineer and an inventor. And um, he taught us to be independent. He taught us that anything we could conceive of, we could figure out how to make. So that was a very great gift. Uh, and he believed so much in education that, um, you know, at nine to be able to, you know, Christmas present for the family was an Encyclopedia Britannica. So uh, these things were important. My mother uh, was very smart but had an undeveloped mind. She uh, married shortly after high school mm. at the age of 16. Oh. Uh, she... Uh, fulfilled her her female role at that time to perfection. The house was always perfect. It was beautiful. She, her her gift was creating beautiful surroundings with a very limited budget in the depression. Yes, well, aesthetics is the so, mother of ethics. We we have to learn <laughs> to be we have to learn to be beautiful in order to be to be wise and. <laughs> My mother was an architect. She studied with Frank Lloyd Wright, and sometimes when I had made too big a mess, she would say that Frank Lloyd Wright told her, he would say, the eye must rest. And then she would say, we'll put it all away and start with empty space again, have a whole empty wall. Uh, yeah. Ever since I've been staring at, yes, blank sheets of paper, if they get to me anyway. Well, Frank Lloyd Wright has always been... Um, and uh, shall we say a mentor, although he didn't know he was a mentor of mine. But I, I always looked up to him, and, and I followed his uh, saying, form follows function. 
so that my view. art uh, mm-hmm. comes out of the the need. My poetry, my uh, art comes about through what I need to say. And you mentioned um, Louise. Louise Nevelson. Um, yes, Louise Nevelson and Joseph Cornell uh, were very, ins- their work was very inspiring to me and also Carl Schwitter's. Uh, when I was going to art school, I wanted to become a sculptor, but I couldn't afford the sculpture classes, the materials, the tools. I uh, studied painting, but I always made things from childhood. I I made three-dimensional objects out of paper, out of wood. I even uh, made a door inspired by Louise Nevelson. The whole door was oh, covered with doors, different... Those doors, uh, those drawers. Uh, drawers. Door, <laughs> a door. <laughs> the door of my house. I'm sure it's all very Freudian, you know, but did you Probably. see the film the other day? I was watching the film Camille Claudel where she goes onto the streets of Paris to dig out the clay. You oh, know? I, I've seen that film I, three times. I keep thinking we use a material we can get our hands on. It is so inspiring. Yeah, found art these days for some of us who cannot afford oils i can afford a few watercolors and i usually waste those you know but you have to do what you can with what you've got uh you know you can always give some mystery to life with uh, uh even with what is it ink you have several um books here with just the the ink and the pen uh, like Japanese brush painting, this little book, Egret, which the minute I saw it, I thought of Regret, of course. This little book, Egret, was one you gave me years ago, uh, before the three that I have in front of me. And it's a beautiful image of this bird that came to your, your dining room table in the mornings. Uh, you're a bit of a snob about the seagulls, I must say. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I mean, you know, she likes the she likes the the more aristocratic bird, you know. But anyway, you live out on uh, Sea Drift Lagoon there in Stinson Beach. You've been there since 1990. Yes. What a lucky, lucky life you've had. Uh, actually, you've deserved it, Claudia. You have worked. <laughs> I I could I could read these three or four pages here of all your credits and all your your academic credits and all the things you've done, but why don't we skip that for the uh, moment? Yes, why don't I just read? You uh, mentioned yeah, the Egret. Okay, let's read the Egret, um, and then I'll read you some of what the people say about Claudia. Oh, dear. <laughs> um, I'm very fortunate to um, live out at Stinson Beach, and um, and my, my dining table overlooks my deck beside the Sea Drift Lagoon. And so we often watch the great blue heron and the great egrets and the snowy egrets out there. And uh, so uh, this little book came about because I just wanted to paint those great egrets. And so I, I started, but of course they're always moving, but so slowly. And so I was just working with uh, my bamboo brush and sumi. And every day I would uh, work on this, and I just wrote about it and and then created this little book with some of the drawings, and it became very popular. It's uh, 
well, it was just a small press printing of 500, which has been out of print for some years now, and I hope to get it reprinted perhaps with my new book, A Beach Class, which are poems from Stinson Beach. So this is just one little bit about painting the egret. Painting the egret, a bit like fishing, much quiet waiting, intense silence, a few quick moves, missed. Move in quicker next time. The best one got away. Then a captured moment of movement. Delicious, the suspense. Watching the egret, watching the water, waiting for quicksilver. His post, my bamboo. His brushes, his feathers, my brush. His water, my paper. We dive in. This is in the spirit of Basho, Basho the Great, <laughs> ancient <laughs> Buddhist poet, <laughs> who said one must meditate, the river, yes. <laughs> meditate until one becomes one with the object. Then you are ready to paint or to write. Then the poem comes. Most people don't look that deeply. They don't see. But is it a seer, S-E-E-R, is someone actually sees the thing. You know, you have to get into relation with an object. I've noticed this lately. I, I test people. It's a terrible thing, you know. I leave something lying around and then ask them about it later, you know. And I, I've noticed that awareness is <laughs> disappearing, disappearing from the planet. I want to... Well... Because everybody has a cell phone glued mm. to their ear. Yeah. How do they hear cars coming? How do they see what's going on around them? How can they hear the birds? They, they cannot. I have a little poem in my new book, Collage. Now, Collage, well, I'll read this new poem, speaking of cell phones, this is called Cell Phone Obituary. This is fun. Jane Doe, 22, was slain in the crosswalk at the intersection of 10th and C Streets. She was wearing sunglasses and talking to her boyfriend on her cell phone. The driver, John Doe, 22, too, was also killed in the accident. He was talking to his girlfriend on his cell phone when their simultaneous conversations were crudely interrupted by the entangling of their bodies. Autopsies revealed that they would have died anyway from brain tumors. <laughs> I wish... Oh, and I wish oh. I could hold up some of the pictures in Claudia's book because she really does have both the, the image, the eye. It's so hard... Um, some people say that you cannot work with words and with paint. Remember Gertrude Stein and Picasso? It's very hard. Uh -huh. It is so hard, Jennifer, because I've tried this for years, and one has to simplify things down to the essence of the image and the essence of the words to put them together. And you were a dancer to begin with. Well, that's right. But all my painting is about movement. She says here, she has written in one of the books, uh, I was a dancer, now I dance on paper. 
All my work is about movement, yes. It's a loge run, going brush first, trying not to break out of the boundaries. I dream about painting at night. You said the images come to you in dreams. Yes, they do. In the morning, I paint like all dancers. I practice daily, jumping on my brush and sliding, trying to make all the curves I can until I finally give up, only to try again and again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Was it Beckett? He said, yes, try again, fail again, fail better. And Imogene Cunningham said, never give up. Ever, ever. And She's, that was in her 90s. Of course. No, yes. you never give up till, till, till you give up. It says here that you, you were influenced by Asian art and Western art history. And all the way through your books and paintings, of course, all these little Zen bells are going off in my head. But it's impossible to talk about um, Zen. It's, what is that? Uh, somebody said that, what is it? The Tao that is spoken is not true Tao. And I said, unless you call it spoken now. <laughs> I, I, I can't. It's, it's impossible. Zen and now. Yeah, but Zen and now. You say your technique is free form using calligraphy and mark making and layering and texturing of color. As a painter, my vision quest is to manifest forces of nature. And then I see here the drawing is definitely a force of nature. It kind of scares me. There are yes, four paintings. Oh, Crucible, yes. yes crucible. There are four paintings on exhibition right now until the 31st of July at the Egyptian Museum. And they're uh, in San Jose, the Rosicrucian Egyptian Museum. And the show is called Passages. The paintings are air, earth, fire, and water. And they're 54 inches high and 18 feet wide. Well, now there, you see, that's pretty practical. You said air, earth, fire, and water. Fire and water, of course. Uh, undines, salamanders. <laughs> okay. All right. Claudia, Claudia Chapline is the poet I have here today. Claudia has an art gallery out in Stinson Beach, if you want to meet her and talk to her. And uh, let's see, the gallery's open weekends and weekdays by appointment. Just call the Stinson Beach Gallery. What's the name of it? Claudia Chaplin Gallery. That's what I thought. <laughs> Ch uh, Claudia Chaplin, C-H-A-P-L-I-N-E, Gallery in... Uh, uh, Stinson Beach. I'm looking at the uh, website. Info at c c h a p l i n e dot com. Yes. No problem. You have been here since 1987. Yes, that's right. And you you went to the California Council for the Arts and became what do you call that? Um, well, yeah. there I um, was in Sacramento eight years. I managed the artist and social institutions for two years and for eight years the art and public buildings program. And, yes, you created a whole life for, for artists in California, <laughs> right? Yes. 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 <laughs> it, was, it was very exciting and uh, enjoyable, and, but then the, the politics got so that... Oh, uh, the funding was going down, 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 and I felt I could do more in the private sector oh, for yes. artists, although a different kind of, of artist. No, well, so. when it comes to the public uh, sphere, you know, ring hands and weep. Anyway, well, you, ha 
We only have about a minute left, don't yes, we? Yes, currently and writing a column you are on the arts in the West Marin, let's see, West in the Marin, West Marin Citizen. Correct. Okay, that's, that's to look for in the shops. West Marin Citizen has Claudia's work in it. Have you got just a moment? Oh, we don't have time to read the one about the cricket. Is he mating or is that just a buzzing in my ears or a ringing in my ears? <laughs> is that it? Yes. What have you got time to read, dear? We've got about two minutes to read one more short one. All right. Um, well, I have promised people that I would um, read some Stinson Beach poems. So, uh, oh, well, uh, here's one. Rain. Rain pounding windows clean. Three tides today. A 6.2 footer. Floods Calle del Arroyo. Lights flicker before the power goes out. I go into my cave, write another poem about yesterday's roadkill, drawing the stripes of the young opossum with graphite and oil, grit circling his small body under a wheeling rumble that quiet afternoon. Day breaks into grayness, punctuated by small red roses, slowly dying in a blue glass vase. The ragged edges of my life reflected in the eyes of purple potatoes, while a space capsule returns from the outer edges of the universe with stardust collected by aerogel. Oh my gosh, we haven't got to death, dying, mutability, and loss. No, we didn't get to my new manuscripts, dead letters. We'll have to do it again. Beach glass, one stroke, one breath. Yes, there's a whole batch of new work from Claudia, and we just never have enough time. Write to KPFA and tell them we need a whole hour late at night to talk to poets, people. This has been Jennifer Stone talking with Claudia Chapline, and you can find her at her gallery in Stinson. And you can buy her books from her there, I'll bet you. And also at Point Reyes Books. And at Point Reyes Books, best place to go, people. I'll be back on the air Thursday morning at 8.20. Till then, this has been Jennifer Stone. Go easy, and if you can't go easy, go as easy as you can. Ah.